So every year, my parents host a street party at our house. My neighbours come for drinks and nibbles. It's a great way to get to know the neighbours. A neighbour across the road, having always lived in country Victoria, brings homemade scones with jam and cream, while another couple, having moved recently from Melbourne, brings sushi. One person once came very early, whereas other people tend to come midway through. People's choice of conversation topic are also interesting. One neighbour, an academic, talks about anthropology and lecturing, while another person talks about the difficulty of parking in Castlemaine. Today, I want to explore what we can learn about Jesus through his interactions with Mary and Martha. Let's read the passage. So I'm reading Luke 10, 38-42 from the NIV. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I'd like to provide some contextual information to help us understand the theme. So Martha is fulfilling the cultural expectations as the host, rather than Mary. Making meals and offering good hospitality more generally was incredibly important when guests visited, and indeed still holds an important place in hospitality today. Martha was doing what was expected of her, whereas Mary's actions were more unusual. I'll talk more about this later. Also important to note is that Jesus occasionally stayed in the house of Martha, Mary and their brother Lazarus, which was located in Bethany. So I want to talk about four things that stand out to me about Jesus' response to Mary and Martha in the story. The first point that stands out is that Jesus was deeply interested in Mary and Martha's priorities. The story of Mary and Martha is often used to illustrate the importance of prioritising God in our lives. Taken at face value, Martha is doing a good thing. She's being hospitable by preparing a meal. However, Jesus is interested in her heart. He sees that she values the preparation of the meal more than spending time with him in that moment. Imagine if the breakfast group at CSE became more about making perfect pancakes and less about serving the students, or if the worship team became preoccupied with creating music that was perfectly on time and in tune but neglected the focus on leading the congregation in worship. Martha had become distracted by the less important things and failed to see the importance of what was most important. It's not that Martha was, Martha was doing a bad thing, but rather her heart was not in the right place. A similar but perhaps more extreme situation can be seen in the Old Testament when the Israelite sacrifices became a token gesture rather than an act of worship to God. In Jeremiah 7, 21-27, we read... This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves. For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, 
but I gave them this command. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets, but they did not listen to me or pay attention. In this passage, the Israelite sacrifices were the right thing at face value. However, God wasn't interested in what they were doing, but why they were doing it. He could see their lack of devotion to him, and as such, their sacrifices were meaningless. In other words, their priority had become ticking the boxes rather than genuinely worshipping God. Throughout his ministry, Jesus talks about priorities on a number of occasions. In Matthew 6, 25-34, he tells the people, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus communicates the importance of priorities, just as he tells Martha that the thing that Mary has chosen will not be taken away from her. Jesus tells the listeners to focus on the kingdom of God, which will endure forever. On another occasion, Jesus rebukes the teachers of the law and the Pharisees for giving a tenth of their spices but neglecting the more important parts of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. Like the Israelites, they were prioritising tradition over genuine devotion to God and to others. The second aspect that stand out, stands out about Jesus from the story of Mary and Martha is that his response to Martha is loving. Before I go any further, I want to explain what I mean by loving. I'm not referring to warm, fuzzy, feel-good or romantic love. Rather, I'm referring to the kind of love that reflects a genuine care for another person and points them in the right direction. So looking back at the passage, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Does that not strike you as a bit rude, a bit abrupt? Imagine interrupting your CEO's board meeting to ask the CEO to get your colleague to help prepare the morning tea. She demands that Jesus, the Son of God, stop his teaching to tell Mary to come and help. She implies that what Jesus is saying to Mary is less important than the dinner preparations. Jesus could have responded in a number of ways. He could have told her that it was not her place to interrupt his teaching or that she was out of line for talking to the Son of God in such a way. He could have belittled her for asking him to get involved in a petty argument. Instead, his response illustrates his love for her. He tells her that she needn't worry about so many things and that listening to his words is more important. In other words, he seeks not to shame her, but to guide her and show her what is most important. On a more macro level, God's response to the sins of humanity is another example of a situation where God could rightly have responded with judgment, but instead responded with love, just as Jesus responded to Martha. We have all sinned against God, and yet instead of giving us our due reward, he responded with the sacrifice of his own son. 
The third thing that stands out about Jesus in this story is that his response to Martha was surprising and unexpected. From a cultural perspective, Martha was doing the right and expected thing. She was conforming to societal expectations around hospitality. She was working hard and she was acting in a way that was expected for women. Unlike Mary, a woman sitting and listening to a man teaching. I'll return to this subject later. For many, including Martha, Jesus' response may have seemed very odd. Jesus often has a way of surprising his audience. The parable of the prodigal son is one such surprising story. When the son returns home, the father defies all expectations by not only immediately forgiving his son, but by greeting him with an enthusiasm which was highly unusual for this context, running out to greet him and kissing him. More generally, there are many aspects of Jesus' life which are surprising. Coming as the saviour to the world, it's surprising that he spent so, much, spent so much time with sinners, surprising that he cared about people who weren't very important, even people who were deemed undesirable, like Zacchaeus, the tax collector. He was surprising in the way he talked about the teachers of the law, respected and powerful members of society, calling them hypocrites, blind guides and snakes. The last aspect of Jesus' behaviour that I want to draw our attention to is the fact that he allowed a woman to sit at his feet and listen to his teachings. In a relatively egalitarian modern Western world, the idea of a woman listening to God's word may seem unremarkable. However, the role of disciple or student to a teacher was normally held by men. The idea that a woman would be able to sit at the feet of a Jewish teacher would have been seen as highly unacceptable among Jewish leaders. Indeed, some Jewish teachers taught that women should be forbidden from studying the scriptures. By not only allowing but praising Mary for choosing to take on this role at the cost of her helping Martha with meal preparation, Jesus shows that he came to bring the gospel to all people. He didn't conform to societal norms around who was worthy of hearing the gospel. He gave the opportunity to all who would listen. A similar example of Jesus' willingness to share the gospel indiscriminately is seen in his interaction with the Samaritan woman at the well. In John 4, we read that Jesus went through Samaria, behaviour which, for a man of Jewish descent, was already remarkable. When he came to a well, he not only talked to a, to a Samaritan woman, but he told her about living water. Unlike most teachers of the time, he reached out to a foreigner, a woman, and a person of questionable reputation and shared the gospel. Before we finish, I'd like to summarise what we have reflected on today. So we talked about Jesus cares about our priorities and why we do things, not just what we do. Jesus responds to people with love, not only Martha, but ourselves. Jesus acts in a way which is surprising and unpredictable. And lastly, Jesus welcomes all to hear the gospel. I'd like to finish with a challenge. Is there anybody that we might be inadvertently treating as unworthy to hear the gospel? Is there anyone with whom we would not be willing to share our faith? What kinds of people might you be reluctant to have in church? Are you willing to speak with others who are radically different to yourself and to share your faith with them? Let's finish in prayer. 
Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to this earth, not only as a sacrifice for our sins, but as an example for our lives. Help us to follow Jesus' example, to prioritise you above all else, to respond to people lovingly, and to be open to sharing the gospel with everyone. In Jesus' name, Amen.